Happy Thanksgiving. We love turkeys. They are delicious and so is ham. So good. Okay. <laughs> Happy Thanksgiving. Did you know that Echo could be your place, your people, and your purpose all in one space? It is beautiful. Sure is. It is awesome. We encourage you to take your first steps into this life-giving local church and find the community and the sport that you've been hoping for. Stop by Mayo High School for one of our services at 9.15 and 10.45 on Sundays. We'd love to meet you. In fact, let us know that you are out there. Press like, leave us a comment, or send a prayer request. That's right. And we have a few Save the Dates coming up here. December 18th, Kids Take the Stage and Around the Tree, two of our favorite things over the holiday season. December 24th, Christmas Eve. As usual, we will have three services you can choose to attend with family and friends. 1.30, and 4.30 p.m. It's gonna be awesome. And lastly, January 1st, we have been doing what we do best, and that is Sweatpants Sunday. Sunday. Only one service that day at 10 a.m. Again, it's only one, one service that day at 10 a.m. And we'll have the kids' activities and classes as usual. On a super cool note, Echo High, our teenagers raised how much, Zion? $9,000. Over $9,000 in just one night. And we want to say a simple thank you for the generosity and willingness to be a part of something so much bigger than ourselves. Um, all of those funds will be going towards Venture and Project 42 uh, to bring the gospel to places that um, need to be heard in and um, to help with sex trafficking victims um, start their process of recovery. Lastly, would you get behind us financially as we echo Jesus in Rochester and the surrounding area? Yes, if you'd like to give, head to our website or Venmo us at We Are The Echo Church. Enjoy With the, the rest, rest of, of Echo service. <laughs> it's all good.
Father, thank you so much for stepping into our Egypt, Father, and taking us by the hand. Now, Father, forever we will lift up your praise. We will sing of your glory, Jesus. Now, in this next song, it's called Worthy of My Song. I don't know if you guys have heard it, but let's just take this moment to let's worship Jesus. Let's lift up our song to him, all right? Sing this one.
Jesus, this morning, you are worthy of our highest praise, God, of the highest glory in this place, Jesus. God, we come before you with a thankful heart, with an expectant heart, with a heart full of goodness for who you are, God. God, thank you for the opportunity to be here in this place and in this space, ready to receive from you this morning. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen, church. Hey, we're in a series called Jesus and George. Why does he have to talk about money so much? Uh, this is my theory, at least what I see in Scripture. It's hard for me to go past a few pages without Jesus himself using money as an illustration or teaching about money. So he just, he just talks about it all the time. And in, in, in our culture, it is so easy to shy, uh, to shy back or just kind of sit back and not really bring it up because we just know it's kind of a hot topic and, and you know, we just kind of do our own thing. And, uh, but I, I, just, I just had a sense, even just today, that, that like, that's not how we're supposed to live life. We're supposed to, you know, in some of those hot topics, we're supposed to lean in and say, Jesus, what do you have to say about it? And so that's what we're doing in this series. And in essence, last week, I brought up this idea, this really big idea that God trusts you. Yeah. He has entrusted you with what you have. You're here today, which, which honestly proves that God has trusted you with someone because you all came in to church with clothes. Can I hear an amen? Like, thank you, Jesus, that it's cold out today. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're wearing your clothes. It's awesome. Uh, but in turn, when, when God trusts you, the question is, do you trust him? Do you trust God in return. And, and really the one big yell that I had last week for those that missed it, and I whispered it, I'm going to do it again, is like, what, what you have is not yours. And so he entrusts you with his possessions. And so the, the, the handles of last week's message, and it's worth bringing it up. I don't do this every week, but it's worth bringing it up in this series because I wanted to kind of build upon uh, last week is I just asked you a few questions is would we take a few moments and just look at what have we earned this year and then follow up that question once we figure it out with how much have we given? And the idea I presented is this, is if we think wealth is our own, then we will experience probably more of a constricted type of experience with money. I, I say it like this, and we'll have two different experiences with our wealth or our finances, or the lack thereof, we will experience joy or we will experience a jail-like situation when it comes to our finances. So I just want to kind of lean in and say, Lord, what do you have for us? And, and, and one last basic principle that, again, kind of builds upon what we're going to talk about today is this, the, the basis of faithfulness to God with your earnings is called giving of your tithe, which just is a biblical term of saying, God, 10% of what I earn, I will give back to you. And for some of you, that's really challenging. And, and you know what? I would just say, hey, you know what? What if you tested God? What if you just give it a go? Uh, that's the one area that God says, test me and see if I will be faithful. And you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm a, 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 you know, a living proof 
that ever since I was young, my dad taught me the principle and I've been giving and I've never been in want. I, I, you know what I'm saying? Like I've always had what I needed. I might not have had it much, but I had it exactly what I needed. God has taken care of me. Now, what I want to do is just jump into, and into the text directly. And so if you have your Bibles, open up to Luke chapter 16. Contextually, what's happening is this, is just before Luke 16 happens, Jesus is sharing a few stories. And, and those stories sound kind of like this. He talks about the value of a sheep. And when a sheep goes missing, and then he talks the, about the value of a coin. And when that coin goes missing, and then he leans in and he talks about the value of, and again, on base reality, you would say one son that is left, left but really it's two, two lost sons. And so, so it's this framework that he's building into the conversation we're about to read. And then after this part of the scripture, interesting enough, you go into the next chapter and you start reading a story about a man named Lazarus who was a beggar here on earth. He, he, he begged right outside of a rich man's house. And now it's a picture of the afterlife. And the picture and the image of is truly a contrast between what the rich man experienced on earth and now what he experiences in eternity and what Lazarus experienced in, or on earth and now what he experiences in eternity. It's really just a bunch of stories about our wealth and what we value. And really, if I can just say it like this, like some of you are hung up on money. Let me just say this is the reasons why we live. Like, how are we managing our life? How are we managing the gifts that God has given you? How are you managing your time? So anyway, that's the, the framework or the, the context of what leads into it. And in verse one, it says this, Jesus told his disciples, there's a rich man whose manager was accused of wasting his possessions. Now, I just need to start here. Let's just all admit, admit that we have wasted from time to time. Can I, can I, anybody, can we be honest here today? We waste things all the time. Okay, at least one person over here agrees. Okay, Pastor Sam, I know she wastes a ton, okay? Guaranteed. No, I'm kidding. She just admitted she does. But what we do is we, we, waste, we waste things all the time. And so this manager or this, this master observes the manager mismanaging and wasting his funds. And, and, and I gotta lean into this idea of this word wasted, okay? This wasted scripturally, contextually, uh, if you go into the Greek, it means to scatter abroad or disperse. It kind of gives you this image of a seed and a farmer, and he's been given a certain amount of seed, and it's his job to disperse it. Y'all following me on this? Okay, so this word wasted, it kind of, but it, it's a little bit deeper than that. It actually is leaning into this idea of, of how the process of wheat and chaff is separated to end, you know, get rid of the things you don't want and then to end up with the things you do want, okay? Which, by the way, again, is wrapped around this idea of value. So it has this image of this word waste means to throw too high, because what happens if you throw the seed too high, what happens? Or the, the wheat. Not only is the chaff blown away, the wheat is blown away too. That is waste. 
So when we see this scripturally, we talk about waste, that the man is accused of wasting his possessions. It was as if he didn't really care what he ended up with. Okay, there's another scripture that, that, that they use this word in. And coincidentally, it's what kind of builds into the context of this. And it's in Luke 15. And it talks about how the younger son took everything from his father, that, like his, his wealth, right? His inheritance. And then he went off to a far country and he wasted his possessions on riotous living riotous living. And that word riotous, if you really dig into that, it's the opposite of saving. Greek words, a sozo. It's to not save. It's this reckless, extravagant, and wasteful with your resource type of lifestyle. So this man, he has been entrusted with finances, with his master's possessions, and he is just blowing it. He's blowing it. He's being wasteful. So what happens is this. Is he, so he calls that manager in. The master calls the manager in and he asks him, what is this that I hear about you? Give an account of your management because you cannot be a manager any long, longer if this is all true. And, and what happens is the manager is like, shoot. Oh, shoot. I call it the oh, shoot moment in scripture. Sometimes I read it and I go, oh, dang it. You know, like, oh, you know. And he has that moment and, um, and he, he has this internal conversation at least, or at least when he leaves, he's thinking out loud. Maybe, he's a, maybe he talks to himself while driving down the road like y'all do. I know you do it. You should see me driving to church on Sunday. I'm sitting here preaching the message and no one else is in the car. Man, it is awesome. It's the best part of my message. But um, this manager says, what shall I do now? And he says two things, and I think it's really important for us to hear. He goes, I am not strong enough to dig, and I am too ashamed to beg. But he had, because of those two kind of underlining motivations, he goes, aha, I got, I got an idea. I got an idea. I know exactly what I'm going to do. So when I lose my job, people will welcome me into their houses. So he goes to his master's accounts, and, and they only share two stories, but I imagine there's more. And he goes up to the person who owns, owes 900 gallons of olive oil. Now that is a bath of <laughs> olive oil. It is amazing. It's a, so much olive oil. And he, he leans into the man who owns that, owes that to the master, and he says this. He's like, cut it in half. Quickly, write that in your ledger, and I will write it in the master's ledger that you owe half. And then he runs off and he finds this other person. And he goes, hey, guess what? You owe 1,000 bushels of wheat. Okay, quickly, I'm going to give you a 20% discount right now. <laughs> Do it, take it. Write down really quick, 800. And I'll write down in my ledger, 800. 800. And the word goes back to the master. And, 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 and how he reacts is absolutely mind-blowing to me. It is one of the most confusing parables that are in scriptures. One of the most confusing stories that Jesus shares. But we're going to dig into this idea today. In verse 8, it says this, the master commended. Commended the dishonest manager because he acted shrewdly. Let me, let me just kind of help you understand these, this a little bit more. The master commended 
uh, I commended, he approved. He actually praised this sinful manager because he acted shrewdly. Shrewd is kind of a strange word. I don't think a lot of us use it, and I think a lot of us have a bunch of different definitions of what shrewd could be. And because of the heaviness of this, of this message, I got to have a little fun with you today. Is that okay? Is that okay? Like, yeah, like, please make me laugh today. Right now, I need it. Otherwise, I'm going to cry. And not the happy kind of cry. So I, there's a few debates at my house on whether something's shrewd or it's just rude. And I need your help as an audience today. So I'm going to say something. I'm going to read a sentence. And you're going to tell me with your mouth, okay, because I know you can speak. uh, You're going to yell shrewd or you're going to yell rude upon your opinion, okay? Because this could go either way, okay? Again, this is going to help Christy and I and some of these debates that we have in the house. Um, Some your debates, not mine, okay? Okay, first one, shrewd or rude? When you go to a fast food restaurant, you order water, but you decide instead to serve yourself soda. Shrewd or rude. You're all saying that because you're in church. I've seen you take soda. Just one little sip. It's like crack for some of you. Coke. No, it's really a deep joke. That was a really deep joke. Okay, ready? Shrewd or rude. I got to move on that really quickly. Shrewd or rude. A thermostat, a thermostat set at 62 degrees during the winter. <laughs> oh. This is one that I've experienced firsthand in my family. I'm not going to tell you whom. I like calling it like this. You buy and you hide. Okay? Hang with me for a second. You buy a new outfit new decoration, whatever it is, and then like a month later, you pull it out of the closet, you put it on the mantle, or you wear it, whatever it is, and then I go, Christy, is that brand new? Oh, it got a little personal. I, uh, <laughs> metaphor, uh, is that a new outfit? No, I've had that for a while. Shrewd or rude? Buy and hide. Shrewd, I heard shrewd. <laughs> you guys are not helping this debate out. Uh, this is one of my favorite. Uh, when, your spouse, when your spouse gets notifications every time your credit card is swiped. <laughs> Personally inspired by the Shoal family. So how about this one? This one I really like, okay? I personally think it's shrewd. Some people might think it's rude. Shutting the lights off at night when she's still in the room. <laughs> there's a story behind that like like this is what christy does like when i'm like like it's usually saturday night and we're kind of like preparing for sunday and getting all things ready like like christy will kind of disappear and go to bed and then she leaves all the lights in the whole house on i'm telling you i am shrewd and i'm a kind husband and I just try to take and lighten the load for my wife. So I go around the whole house, including the room she's in, and shut off all the lights. Can I hear an amen? I mean, come on. Don't hate me. It's shrewd. How about this one? This one will hit home a little bit. Sharing Netflix or other subscriptions with your mother or your neighbor or your dog's best dog friends at the dog, at the dog park. 
okay, well, you figure that one out. I'm not, I'm not the police here. How about this one? Some of you like this? Wearing the same pair of pants five days in a row. Man. I'm giving some people some ammo, by the way. Like some of you are like, man, I have, I have wasted a lot of money in my life and you are giving me something to do this week. How about this one? This is by far my favorite one and I, I might have done this last week. I break off moldy, uh, moldy sections off the bread and feed it to my children for lunch. <laughs> Confession is so good for my soul. Oh, how about, how about this one? Uh, during COVID, hoarding toilet paper? Yeah, just buy a bidet. You'll be fine. You will be fine. You'll be fine. I promise you. I promise you. Uh, how about this one? This one, this one, you know, some of you might need to go write a, uh, a check out to, uh, what's, the, what's the pizza place in Stewartville? Pizza Ranch, you might have to write a check out. You know, I might personally need to do it. Um, lying about your children's age to reap the benefit. <laughs> a free movie or maybe a discounted meal, you know. It's, but she's only 12 from last month. What's the big deal? Okay, this is a free one leading into the holidays. I, need, I know you need some ideas of how to save some money this year. Regifting, shrewd or rude. How about regifting the gift that you received to the same person that you received it from? <laughs> Still in the package. Still in the package. We're getting deeper. We're getting deeper. Oh, shrewd is a funny word. It really is. It, it's not one that we usually use in our language. And if we do, I think we all have a, bu- a bunch of different definitions on what it could mean. And so let me just define it here a little bit more in biblical terms. Shrewd means to be prudent. Okay, and some are like, well, what does that mean? It means to be wise. Shrewd means to be intelligent. It means to be sharp or crafty. Or as last hour someone screamed about the toilet paper, they yelled smart. It's smart. Hoard it. It's all mine. Ha, 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 ha. Scripturally, we, we find references with this word shrewd that kind of helps us understand even deeper. In Matthew 7, it says, a wise man who built upon a rock, a shrewd man who built upon a rock, a, a intelligent man, a sharp man who built upon a rock. How about Matthew 10, 16? Wise as a sherp, serpent and harmless as a dove. Shrewd as a serpent, intelligent, but harmless as a dove. How about Matthew 25? It says this, five wise and five foolish bridesmaids. These are all references that help us frame up this idea of what it means to be shrewd in the context of the story today. But let me just go a little bit deeper. I love kind of grabbing those texts from the New Testament, but I love when they connect and interwine with Old Testament concepts. Because what I believe is Jesus understood Old Testament concepts and scriptures. He had so many scriptures memorized that when he used a word, it was always meant to be connected with some of the Old Testament ideas. Proverbs 3 says this, trust in the Lord your God with all of your heart. Do not rely on your own understanding. Let me re-say that. 
Do not rely on your own shrewdness. Do not, under, do not rely on your own intelligence when it comes to your management of your wealth, your time, and your finances. But in all ways, acknowledge him, and he will, who will? God will level your paths. Honor the Lord your God with your wealth and with the first fruits of your income, your tenth, your tithe. Then your granaries will be filled and your vats will overflow with new wine. So when Jesus teaches this story to his disciples and when we listen to it, we might have some tension and we might have some questions, but he's really trying to, to throw up this idea of, 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 of being less wasteful and becoming a lot more wise. To, to go ahead and look internally with what you have and say, am I shrewd or am I just rude with what God has given me? Let me continue on and finish up the story and what Jesus teaches his disciples after the story. He says this, whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. So if you have not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who will trust you with true riches? In verse 13, it says, if you have not been trustworthy with someone else's property, who will give you property of your own? And this is where it really starts hitting us hard. No one can serve two masters. Either you'll hate one and love the other, or you will be devoted to one and despise the other. And this is where he hits us between the eyes. You cannot serve both God and money. You know why you can't serve God and money at the same time? Because you cannot serve God, the creator, and a thing that he has created at the same time. You know what that's called? It's called an idol. It is impossible to serve something that he has created, to worship something that he's created, and at the same time, worship the creator. So what you have to understand is God created everything we have so that it would point us back to the creator, to him. So I just want to tell you today, you can't serve both God and money. And I'll tell you the reason, or one way you, you, you begin to turn that tide in your own life is you've got to buy into the fact that what you have is not your own. And you cannot serve something and you should not serve something that you think that is yours because in essence, what you're doing is you're deciding not to serve God. Now, I want to give you four observations and I think those four observations in this story can reflect on your own life. I believe you could really apply this to your life. Now, first observation is this. It'll be on the screen. The manager was called out for wasting his master's possessions. The master was called out. The master called out the manager for wasting his possessions. I told you this already at the beginning of the message. We just all agree we've been wasteful 
And so when we read this story, it should kind of just prick us. It should, it should kind of hook us just a little bit, beginning to, and help us realize that maybe we relate to the manager. The second observation is this. The manager reacted creatively, motivated by two things, fear and shame. And I think if you went on your credit card bill today and you looked at some of those purchases and you kind of had a heart surgeon, metaphorically speaking, cut you open, you would see that some of those purchases were made by fear and by shame. And if it isn't a purchase, it was something that you saved. And what it does, or something you're holding on to tightly, it will be motivated by your fear and shame. That is one of the two of the most motivating factors of our life. And so I would just ask you to be able to look within yourself and say, what am I fearful of and what am I ashamed? Or who would shame me if I didn't have this? How about this? Number three, uh, I think this is one of the most interesting observations is, uh, that I've made is the manager may have kept his job. At the beginning, he said, yeah, you're not going to keep your job. But then he went and made some changes, and then he's commended for the good work that he did. And then at the end of the story, we never hear if he kept his job or not. And I think this is a perfect picture and a reminder for us that God believes in second chances. You might have failed, you might have wasted in the past, but guess what? Today is a new day. And you're not excited about it at all. Like that is an amazing thing that we serve a God that, that doesn't just have his ledger up in heaven accounting all the bad things and the wasteful things he does. But you know what he writes down? He writes the things that matter most and the things that he loves about you and the things he died for you all. all what, what, why he did in the first place. The manager might have, might have kept the job. That means we might be able to be faithful from this day forward. Number four, last observation. The manager made his master look generous. That's what I kind of think is funny about wealth. Why I think about, it's funny about this story is you can be driven by the wrong motive, but yet do the right things. It's kind of crazy. It's kind of crazy. That's how life goes sometimes. And, and, and if there was anything that he did here, it was made his manager look good. And, and let me just help you understand that. If, 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 if you owed me $500 and today I looked at you and said, you know what? I don't, you know what? Just give me $250. i am fine. It's been a good month. I got a tip, whatever. Like just I'll take care of the rest. You would consider me generous. And this is exactly what happened in that story. Those are my four observations. And here's my big idea today. Would love for you to write this down. Would love for you to text this to yourself. When we read this story, we see the man who once was viewed wicked is now viewed as wise. The man who was once viewed as wicked is now viewed as wise. Why? Because he made a quick shift from being wasteful to a willingness to give and to become generous. It might not have been his, 
but he's generous anyway. And like I said, what you have is not yours, so you might as well be generous anyway. And I want to lean into verse 9 here of chapter 16 of Luke. It says this, I tell you, use worldly wealth to gain friends for yourself so that when it is gone, you will be welcomed into eternal dwellings. When I read that, I'm like, God, why did you have to throw eternal dwellings? Why couldn't you just say dwellings? Well, because God is trying to teach us. Jesus is trying to teach us about giving. And there's three things you need to understand about giving today is this. Number one, giving is never wasteful. Giving is never viewed as wasteful. You can get the idea that what you gave was a waste because the person didn't appreciate it like you thought they might. But I can tell you in the eternal kingdom, giving is never a waste. Can I hear an amen? That was really good. Number two is this about giving. Giving is an eternal principle. It's an eternal principle. If we just live in now and all about today and all about our needs, our wants, our own feelings, guess what? We will never be the givers that God wants us to be. Giving is an eternal eternal principle. And then lastly is this, is, and I said this before, I'll say this again, giving is a tool of the kingdom. Giving is a tool of the kingdom. You know what giving does? It is an act of worship towards God. How many of you love our worship band? I mean, they just enter us into the presence of God. They do such a phenomenal job. But one of the most underrated ways to worship God is through your giving. But not only is it a form of worship, it is also a tool to, to, to create kingdom work. That's what's so important about being generous to the local church. Because how many appreciate what Echo Church has done in your life through the Holy Spirit and what God has been saying to you? Thank you, Freddie. We appreciate what God is doing through the local church. So guess what we're going to do? We're going to be faithful with the first principles with what scripture teaches us because we want to be wise managers of what God has given us. Here's the praxis. This is what we can apply to our life. This is, this is what I want you to, to ask yourself. Am I scrappy or am I sinful when it comes to my wealth? Am I wise or am I wasteful? Am I shrewd or am I just rude with what I have? And if I was going to use, maybe give you one handle, one thing to write down, one thing to remember, one little piece of homework, then I would just ask you to do this one thing. Ask yourself this, what have I wasted lately? What am I wasting? We waste a lot of things. Okay. We throw a lot of things into the waste garbage. Y'all, y'all, can, can, can we just admit that here, okay? So I don't feel so bad. I feel like I'm only preaching to myself here. We, we waste a lot of things. And one of the things, actually, the, probably the thing that I waste my most money in is with deals. Come on, come on. <laughs> I realized when I bought the Airstream, and you've heard this before, a deal sometimes is not a deal. Okay. And, and, and what I want to do is I want to teach, I want to give you some scrappy things, some scrappy-isms, if I can tell you, uh, be, as we're trying to be faithful and we're trying to be wise with, with what God has given us, okay? Deals, okay? When you go out and you want to get some work done in your car or you want to get some things uh, done at your house, get three estimates. 
I feel like the world's forgot that. Just go out and get a couple bids. And you know what? There are some companies that don't want to do that, and that's fine. But there are some people that are hungry for your, for your business. It's a good practice, okay? If you want to be scrappy, you could, you could do that, okay? How about a deal? Um, a lot of us, we buy things, and we intend to return them, but we never do. In fact, it's estimated $152 per person per year in America we waste because we don't return items. Woo, that's, you know, whatever, we can save some money. Smartphone apps, okay? Um, clash of clans, this is a great time for confession. Okay, you might be wasting money. It's uh, nationally $180 per person we spend on apps. We arguably waste on apps. How about this, lottery tickets? I couldn't believe the number, $223 per year people spend on an average on a lottery ticket. It kind of looks like a deal. What are you going to put in those, in ter- those terms? It doesn't really feel like a deal because I don't see any big winners here today. <laughs> Sometimes a deal is not a deal. Come on, Powerball people out there. Um, it's a deal's. I guess I'm, I'm asking you to be a little scrappy and consider pulling some of those deals out of the waste and maybe recycle some of those ideas. Maybe put some of those in your life. How about this one? I can really relate to this one. Food. Can I hear an amen? Anybody hungry here at 1144? You're thinking about what you can eat next. Uh, what about this? If we're scrappy, you know what you do is you eat your leftovers. Okay? When you go out to eat, and you know the portions are like next level. Share with your friend or your spouse. And, and you know what? I'm not just telling you like your life's supposed to stink. Like, no, maybe save a little bit here and then get dessert at the end and really enjoy your time out. Y'all get what I'm saying? Like, like, like we could be a little scrappier. We could, we, could, we could actually do something cool if we're actually being intentional and wise with our money. Uh, how about this one? When, when you go out to eat, particularly, choose not to buy a drink or alcohol. I have a, actually a philosophy, and I didn't share this in first hour, but I'm going to share it in this hour. Uh, some people view it, what Christy and I have, as like maybe we have a lot or whatever, or, you know, like, wow, how can they have land? And how can they have a boat? And, and, and how, you, know, you know, he drives that really nice 1998 Silverado. I mean, I don't understand it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> anyway, anyway, bad joke. But um, I can just tell you, like, Christy and I choose not to drink alcohol. And I'm telling you, I save tons of money. And again, I mean, I'm not, I'm not coming down to you if you drink. You know what I'm saying? I hope you do that in, in, in a reasonable amount. But man, a lot of money is spent on, on what we drink, coffee, okay? Come on, someone needs to hear that today. That's a drug too. But we all like that drug, you know what I'm saying? And then, or alcohol or soda, you know, like we could be a little more scrappy with the food that we waste. Fast food, nationally, um, average, we spend about $1,200 on, on junk food, fast food, or candy. We could be a little more scrappy. Hmm. Bills. Do you know that you have some bills that are actually debatable? called subscriptions. When's the last time you looked at your subscriptions and said, hey, am I actually using them? Or do I need Hulu, Netflix, Paramount Plus, Disney Plus, uh, YouTube, and cable just because I like it all? 
I really like the commercials, that cable. I just got to have it. But, you know, really, when's the last time you looked at your subscription and said, like, do I really need them all at this point? Maybe I could kind of dial it back. How, how, about, uh, how about this? Uh, some of you have gym memberships that you don't use. <gasps> I'm not telling you to cancel your gym membership. Go to the gym, somebody. <laughs> That's called scrappy. It's called pr- providing margin in your life. It's good for your health, okay? Consider it. But if you're not going to go to the gym, cancel it, okay? But you should go to the gym, okay? Um, internet. You know that you could call your cell company. You can, you can deal with your garbage, your internet, and even property taxes. And guess what? They'll give and take a little bit on all those bills. I, why do I say that? Because I know that personally. Because I just make some of that little effort that hopefully pays out long and, and maybe large in the long term, okay? Okay, last one. This one, this is really good at home, our credit cards. Nationally, uh, our credit card debt as a society is going up. In quarter one of 2022, the national average of credit card debt was $5,769 per person. Nationally, 16.1% is what we're paying for our interest. Some of you have 29% interest on your credit cards. And I would just want to tell you today, get out of debt, man. I know it's not that simple, but what if you just made the effort? Maybe if you got a little scrappy now, maybe you could start really get, pulling a lot of things out of the waste and, and really stepping into what God wants you to experience with your wealth, okay? And, and when you pay off your debt, then guess what? I'm not telling you not to use credit cards. It's just kind of a way of life, you know, in today's society. But what I am telling you to do is pay off the monthly bill every year recycle some of these ideas, become scrappy. You know what? And if you can really handle credit cards, this, guess what? There are called credit card points. They pay you to have a credit card if you can do it and experience credit cards in a reasonable way. Leverage that. And some of you are like, man, Andy, you're really kind of getting down on us. Well, I'm not just trying to remind you to be scrappy. I'm really trying to just say, you know what? It's time for you as an individual and us as a church to become creative so then we can create more margin in our life. And when there is more margin, then there is more joy. There's There's more breathing room. There's less fear. Can I hear an amen? There is less impending shame that we might experience because we're found in wanting. So I'm just telling you, scrappy to be scrappy is not fun. That's called being frugal. I am that person. I married my wife, and you know what she's done? She has taught me to have fun. I'm not saying scrappy to be scrappy. Scrappy so you can be creative and to create margin. And when you have margin, guess what we get to do? We get to invest into the kingdom of God. And that is the one thing that brings me the most joy in my life, knowing that what I am investing into the kingdom isn't just for today. It's not just for tomorrow, but it is for for eternity. Some of us today, we just need to create more margin in our life. And some of you are listening today, and the very last verse of the story, it's Luke 15, 14, and it says this, the Pharisees who loved money heard all of this and were sneering at Jesus. 
statistically, I just understand that there are some people that disagree with what I'm saying today. And I'm, I'm okay with that because I feel like I'm representing scripture as best as I can. I am human, by the way. Some of this is opinion. Some of this is theology. Some of this is pure God's word as I read it to you. But if you're sitting here right now and you're sneering at the idea of becoming scrappy, becoming creative with your finances, that, that, that you're sneering on this idea that you're wasteful, then I would just ask that you would just check your heart today. That you would allow God to kind of open up that heart and, and have a little heart transplant and that he would pull out that fear and shame and that he would replace within our mind and our heart and our life the simple fact that God loves you and that God trusts you and he wants the best for your life. Jesus, today we lean into you. We just acknowledge that you know better. You know more. And you desire the best for our lives. So God, all across this room, I just ask that you would just, right now at this moment in a very, very tangible spiritual way, that you would remind people how much you love them. How much you trust them. How much you care for them and their circumstances. And their life, with their wealth, with their finances, with their relationships. God, I just ask that you would help us become a, a scrappy group of people. Inspired by your Holy Spirit, to create margin in our life and give more than we've ever given moving forward because we want to be faithful with you. In Jesus' name, and if you agree with that, we say amen. Every week we pray a prayer. And that prayer is just a simple reminder that we serve a generous God. And he was so generous that he sent his only begotten son that whom should, whom should, who should ever believe, who would ever believe would not perish but have eternal life. So we pray this prayer as a reminder of our surrender, the positioning of our heart and our mind to say, God, you know, we don't have it all figured out, but you do. Would you please help us and save us? Let's pray. Jesus, I surrender. I have more questions than answers, but I choose to follow you anyway. I acknowledge that you lived, you died, and you rose again, all with us in mind. I accept the rescue that you offer. Save me and lead me in Jesus' name and his authority. Amen. We're going to head into a song. and Just a few minutes of the song, I'm going to ask that we would all participate in communion. Communion in a unique way today. I'm not going to lead it. I'm just going to remind you that, that the blood symbolizes Jesus's or the, the, the grape juice symbolizes Jesus' blood spilled for you. His generous gift to forgive you. His gift to show you the path to wholeness. The, the bread symbolizes his body being broken so that you can be whole for eternity starting today. So as we... Dexter leads us into worship, I would just ask that you would just take a moment, have a conversation with God, and that you would partake as a remembrance 
of God's body and his blood is a generous gift for us today.
I've been thinking about last week's message quite a bit in this reminder that God trusts us. He has entrusted us with a family maybe or friendships and resources. And now this week to be reminded that we serve a God of fresh starts, of new beginnings. My favorite part of this, the parable we read today is the wicked person was now viewed as wise. And I just think about like, I, wicked's like a crazy word. Nobody's looking at themselves right now going like, I'm just a wicked person. I know I tell you, it's an extreme word. But I just think about if we could go back a few years and maybe look at my bank statements and what I was prioritizing, it just, maybe wicked isn't the word we want to use to describe it, but it certainly wasn't godly. But today can be the day that we change that. Like we don't have to wait for January 1st or any other special day or the next birthday or the next time something crazy happens financially. We can just start today. Today can be the first day of us moving from being foolish to being wise. God, help us as a church to just be willing to take that next step to trust you completely with all you've entrusted with us. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, let's celebrate a few people today. Can we celebrate those that came to Echo for the very first time today? Always sensitive to those coming in the door to talk about, hear us talk about money. By the way, God talks about money. Like, I'm proud of our pastors. I'm proud of our church for being willing to talk about difficult topics, even though sometimes they make us feel a little uncomfortable. I want to be somebody who pursues God fully, which means sometimes I got to hear the hard truth. I'm really proud of that. The second thing we want to celebrate is those that said the prayer with us today for the very first time. Come on. Come on.